what up what up everybody it's left look it's the 20th of february i'm here with my buddies jacob hey julian and dj hello and i'm julian and this is left look the premier independent podcast from the Gato Institute, where we'll be taking a look at Canadian international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased, loving perspective. We also do two premier podcasts, Independent Alliance, Gato, or New New Pension, so that's the culture of Debra, small Canadian, and international, a free perspective, impartiality to ghost. Really tighten mm. that up. I, yep. Uh, yeah, that's, that was a good pace. That is proof that corporal punishment works and is exciting for all involved. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, your volume, your volume could use a bit of work. Sorry. A little quiet. Sorry. Mine? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my first time meeting Corporal Punishment, and I hope I don't run into him again. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dick. He's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all corporals are dicks. They're like promoted to that position specifically because they're dicks. Oh, I thought corporal was the lowest. It is. It's the lowest on the chain of command. But like someone who remains a corporal their whole life is someone who's oh. <laughs> whose only fucking purpose in life is to be a douchebag to even lower people, privates. Right. <laughs> I see. Yeah, just wait until you meet Captain Payne. <laughs> Captain Underpants fan? Or, um... You know, I should have been. I really should have been, but I just never, I never touched it. I never went in for that thing. Too crass for you, I imagine. It really, yeah. I, that's what it was as a child, but I, I, if I would have ever picked it up, I would have gone like, okay, yeah. In saying that, I, I read the, uh, uh, what was it? The story about the butt from Uranus or the something? Butt, his butt falls off and it turns out his butt is leaving, leading like a, like a Maoist revolt. That we're talking yeah, like the resistance movement yeah. or something. I, I yeah. don't remember the name of the book either, but I remember clearly eating that book and being like, well, that was strange. And I was like, yeah, seven. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There, and there was a series too, just, yeah. just mind boggling. But yeah, no, Captain Underpants was too crass for my little reader mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, yeah. my favorite books around that age, magic Treehouse. These uh, brother mm -hmm. and sister would just be transported to a time and place. It was basically just like American propaganda for history, but like it was fun, you know. I ate like thirty of those books before I was, you know, six, seven Cut years off. old. Yeah, oh. Cut Off is probably <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, that that explains your love for history, at least. Yeah, it was there That's early. True. Yeah. Do, do either of you, uh, I don't remember the name of the series, it, it involved, uh, it was a trio of heroes, the one was like the prince, the other was his bodyguard, and the third was like this assassin lady, they kind of just converted to their team. And they were going around finding these gemstones that they had to put into a belt. Nope. And it was like the belt of power. Nope, I got nothing. No, that's not ringing any bells? That I cannot remember familiar. the name of the series. I devoured that series and its sequel series as a child. Uh, something about the sequel series had to do with like the 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 belt of power brought back the dragons. Oh no! And the dragons are were all related to the belt of power. Huh. Ah. that was that was right up my alley as a Is kid. Is that the Aragon series? No, no. Unfortunately, it was like Little Brothers Aragon because Aragon was just too intimidating for me as a child. I I, I read all those books. Growing up, I don't remember when the you're, last you, one you're smart out. though. I'm not smart. Uh, you're you're way more proficient reader. I was very poor at reading growing up. Like despite how much I read now, I I hated books as a kid. No, I the first book I ran into that I hated was like mm -hmm. in grad school. Yeah, like, Oof. It was Hegel or Derrida. I don't remember which came Oof. first, but it was one <laughs> of the two. I went, oh fuck, I don't get it. And I remember... What do you mean one of the two? It had to be both, clearly. It was both of them, I, but I don't remember which came first. <laughs> so I just remember thinking, I don't get what this guy's saying, and I always get what they're saying. <laughs> so that sucked. That was a new experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, that's an important stepping stone in philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Humbling. For sure. Julian, any any favorite books growing up? I'm trying to. Well, I was trying to think of books I hated. Uh, good books. Jacob knows this. Guardians of Gahul. Guardians A of Gahul. Oh. A plus series. I read fifteen of those motherfuckers. 
Um, yeah, those are good. <laughs> and the prequel uh, and the sequel, you know, like, wow. damn. Yeah. I think I also dug the Magic Treehouse. And another one, I don't know okay. if this is familiar, but the Boxcar Children. Does that ring a bell? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never, I think I read one. Yeah. But uh, prolific series. I don't remember if I read any of them, but it stands out in my head for some reason. I remember. Now, um, I read all the. Oh, you go ahead. Sorry, you go ahead. If you're going to comment, I was going to move on. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on too. So you move on. You moved on faster. Well, I bet you my fucking comment is less insightful and entertaining. So you go ahead. Jigsaw Jones. Anybody? Jigsaw Jones? No, I was wrong. Huge Jigsaw Jones fan. (laughs) No. Uh, Animorphs? Animorphs? Anyone? I couldn't get into. Uh, Same. What about Harry? Harry Potter. You guys read Harry Potter? Nope. I didn't. I, I still haven't read it technically. I've only listened to it on audiobook, and I didn't do that until like five years <laughs> Just ago. Just as good, in my opinion, audiobook versus reading it. Oh, uh, the performance. If it has, yeah, I forget who does if it. It has a good performance for a fiction book, uh, in particular. Uh, the Lord of the Rings series is done by the guy who plays Gollum, and he. Oh yeah. And he uh, Andy Circus. And he does all the voices, like, really professionally. He's a professional uh, voice actor, right? That's what he was... Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. It, it's the best. It's better than the, the movies, in my opinion. Um, maybe the the only thing that could be better is, like, actually reading them, but I just don't have the energy to read fiction anymore. I would need, like, cocaine to have that kind of positive interaction with reality. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> that's so That's so depressing to hear. Yeah. Your escapist fantasy isn't good enough for you unless you're hopped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I read fiction for the first time in a long time, and uh-huh. it it hurt me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I read uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Uh huh. No spoilers, please. None. You got it. Okay. But no, I was like, oh right, this is written to make me feel something, and I'm feeling it, and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like uh, this. D- d- B- bing 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 the point of fiction yep <laughs> i since i've been like 22 23 my rule on fiction is if i'm gonna read it it has to be like a classic a masterpiece right and then around mm. the age of 26 i uh i decided that i also include uh, all warhammer 40,000 fucking books cause <laughs> that, that library is like five six hundred books large and oh, my brain has hungered for another lore, a different history to feast upon for so long. Uh-huh. Like the the amount of times I'll rewatch or re uh, learn about some dumb war in some distant past, and it's like I uh-huh. need new. I need a new world to learn about. I'm gonna be really distraught by the age of forty five. I think. <laughs> Hey, well, come that time, maybe you'll have discovered the uh, extended Star Wars universe that has since been <laughs> defunct by Disney. I know a lot about that already. Like, yeah? I bet it goes way deeper than you think it, it does. It does, but, like, I know, the Same ma- with Halo. I know the major plot points. Oh, yeah, the Halo books? Yeah, there's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, not nearly as deep, Halo's, but just as convoluted. Halo's a puddle compared to the other two, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah, but good stuff in there i enjoyed a couple of those books yeah no no good good material but not just like something you can lose yourself in unless you're trying to shit on it yeah, <laughs> yeah unless you're like already a halo fanboy yeah um uh, kind of unrelated uh most of the books i was bringing up had to do with you know i was i was trying to circle through okay what was common to find at the library at school uh-huh. uh, nearby I get the impression you two had a much more robust school library and access to better resources, having uh, reside, you, you you know, you lived in the urban center. <laughs> yeah, me and Julian, I feel like we're graced to just like roll nat 20s like a couple times on some teachers growing up. Uh-huh. Uh, I won't name names, but like my grade two teacher and my grade six teacher, who was also my grade seven teacher, they were excellent, nice. like, beyond the ordinary person by a mile. Anyways, sorry. Just just very nurturing. Yeah. The library, though, was not part of our experience, I really. It was it was just the exposure to information. Yeah, mm. the, the library was just how you got to the computer room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the same for our school. But I, I, 
I bring it up because in the process of trying to recall books, most of what I kept bringing up were aged, decrepit issues of iSpy that just littered my library. And I was really curious if that was the case for yours as well. I don't know. I fucking fucking loved an iSpy. Oh, right? Didn't matter your age. Oh, yeah. If you were bored in the library and that that baby caught your eye. Really? No, I'd bring him home. It's time to spy. I'd take him home. That's great. Right? I'd get, like, rocked. I'd get, like, intent about it for about, like, a minute, maybe three minutes, and then i get angry, and then i put it aside. Like, I I don't see the point in them. They make... That's ADHD, <laughs> to brother. spy. You spy. That's the point. They bring me contempt. Yeah. <laughs> they bring contempt you out You spy. Nope. It's like, what am I doing? I'm actively frustrating myself. <laughs> Jacob can't find the four marbles about to torch a book. <laughs> literally, literally. If I can't find them, no one will. <laughs> All right. That was a great 11-minute cold open on something we didn't prepare. Uh, let... Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, yeah, let me open that. my Twitter to keep this ball rolling. <laughs> Let's talk. No, we have something. We have stuff. We have something to talk about. Taking the reins here. Yeah. Pulled by the horns. Gay. Oh, we got we got stung. Luxury space communism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Why hasn't it happened yet? Well, there still is a need for servile labor in the world. You can't just run everything automated and won't be able to for another couple hundred years. But why? Aren't we working towards that? We aren't working towards it. It's a much better question, in my opinion. We need All right, to well, then we'll explore that one. But to work towards that, it would need you would need to commit to some pretty ridiculous things. Like, the population would need to be reduced significantly. You would need to engage in eugenics of some type, right? Because the ability for uh, machines to look after the, the uh, differently abled mentally and physically is a, is an mm-hmm. impediment to that kind of system you know you're talking about working at scale to liberate people from any kind of labor whatsoever for their entire lifetime it would need to be intricate yeah. well, and consistent and easily repaired by a small volunteer workforce right like yeah and what does this have to do with eugenics not uh not uh what's the word <laughs> having a, a large and varied population with varied needs is not uh, copacetic with that. It just w- mechanically. I think what you mean is it's ineffective. It's inefficient. No, it, but I think it's very doable. Unreachable in my opinion. Huh? That like it implies it would, it just the natural spread of humanity, like to allow People to just breed uh, liberally within their own parameters would uh, lead to mm-hmm. an overload on that kind of system. There's a, a tendency within some differently abled uh, communities to, uh, what's the word? Uh, Mercy kill? <laughs> no, no, like uh, where <laughs> they, they dissociate from the world and try and form their own little communities and then try and mm-hmm. uh, also breed their traits into their descendants. So there's like blind colonies and midget colonies. I don't think I can say midget anymore, can I? Oh, and leper colonies. You just did. Yeah, leper colonies is not what I was thinking of because we <laughs> we do leper colonies. We send the lepers. That's actually a us crime, not a them crime. But <laughs> anyways, I I think you know when you're talking about. Uh, socially engineering (laughs) at scale like you have to be a little vicious at least right like otherwise you're you're just prattling about how good you are and really your system would kill millions of people in the end for no reason right like just buckling under its own weight dj Eh. I I don't really know what the system we're talking about is. To be fair, just like everything, fully yeah. automated, the, the entirety, gay space, luxury communism. So so we're saying that uh, we've got we've got robots. Check. Uh, are 
I got a are the, the, mod- are the robots gay? The model is Star Trek: <laughs> The Next Generation, basically. Yeah, I'm really bad at that part. Um, yeah, I never watched. Uh, that. Okay, so they're bald people <laughs> and teleporters and a room the workers uh, where holographics are happen. only the people who basically volunteer for it, and the work that uh-huh. they do is basically only to enrich themselves, and not and okay. not to have any kind of like family or anything like that. They they sure. have a family if they want, but okay. the government handles yeah. that. So. So, so the robots... The robots do all the, you know, production of society. The menial tasks. Yeah. Agriculture, right? uh, extraction, okay. refineries. So, pe- so people can't be blind? <laughs> I don't think that uh, you can uh, accommodate to those pr- people's particular needs with a completely volunteer workforce over the long term. You would need to be... Uh, you know, producing surpluses of materials, energy, and food all the time, uh-huh. right? And yeah. doing that requires, you know, a productive economy. It's 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 uh-huh. dependent. It's going to uh, become infested with corruption over time. It'll be, yeah, I, I can't corrupt see Corrupt robots? No, corrupt people operating it. You think that it's just going to be devo- uh, devoid of people or, or people searching power? Come on. No, but but I mean I'm I'm thinking like are we already at the end point if we have fully automated gay space communism? History history we... doesn't end there, right? At... No, but I, I mean at that point we've already got the surplus. We've already got the resources. We have a surplus. We have, we have fully all we've got fully automated gay space communism. No, no, we can achieve blind person can't come by can and just be like, "Yo, sur- what's up? I'm blind." We can achieve a surplus for something like that for what I believe is about about 500 million people worldwide, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's no good for how many people we have right now, right? So for us to fucking uh, become a completely socialized uh, world, we would need to become uh-huh socialists right now and manage everyone's immediate needs and uh food uh-huh. needs and then try and order the world in such a way that we slowly and gradually uh tend towards a smaller population size with greater central control that could achieve those goals of liberating liberating everybody from their physical you know uh imprisonment in the world all right. So, <laughs> you so so partially automated heteronormative <laughs> heteronormative Earth socialists. Why is it heteronormative? I, I'm just taking a step back on all the points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Partially automated, gender curious or uh, bi curious. Um, that's a better that's a better word yeah uh stratosphere yeah stratosphere social democracy (laughs) oh you're like the no i'm just no i'm I'm just saying like at the point of which we're talking about such a such a grand idea such an such an out there ideas fully automated space communism it's okay. not out there i want it i want it to be achieved I, I know you want it but but to reel it back in half a million people across the whole no, planet and 500 million and half suddenly a you billion. need to kill all the blind people no, 500 and we're not killing anybody we would just develop a pregnancy procedures to only deliver you know perfect humans basically which is <laughs> eugenics yeah that's what the Icelandic people and Norwegians do already, right? They don't have any people with Down syndrome or anything like that. They should be accused yeah, of eugenics, and right? But they're pretty racist. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> I'm pretty bigoted. I'm pretty homophobic as far as I know. Yeah, big deal. They can be changed. That is, We're already liberated from that. Do you think it's caused by the... Uh, by the no down syndrome babies thing you think that's a to b <laughs> no why bring is that it the up law then? no it's just by Cause... choice because they have access to it and who would want to doom one themselves to being the caretaker of another human being and two another uh-huh. human being to being you know the subject of derision and contempt and 
pity, right? It builds character. That's uh, less uh, empathetic than I'm being with eugenics. <laughs> well, I, I think those are valuable human experiences. Oh. That y- could be had. It's valuable human experiences for someone else to fucking suffer those things for no reason when we could just stop it. Well, I think to view it as suffering in itself is already pretty, that's pretty ableist. <laughs> I'm not being ableist. They do suffer for their. Uh, for you're the talking about the eugenics of the disabled, and you're not being ableist. <laughs> yes, I think well, those two are fucking. Uh, those are coherent messages. I'm not going to round people up and kill them. That's off the table. In case you were wondering, within that statement, I was just trying to own up to what the implications of, you know, everyone submitting themselves to pregnancy screenings or something like that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, aside from this, this is just this is just such a uh, a task, right? Like, yeah. Th- this is this is a drop in the bucket of what would need to be, or what could be done, to achieve such a such a um, quote unquote universal goal. Utopian goal, even. Sure. It is utopian, yeah. but kind of like a, uh, it's. It's so unattainable. It's it's kind of a joke almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, if there if there is a path to it, still the Star Trek type future, that it would take those extreme mm-hmm. measures, in my opinion. It would take serious coordination of human society. Yeah, yeah probably no it, it could, unless unless somebody just lucks out the what's that thing from destiny called the, the orb? big orb <laughs> yeah it's... big orb shows up and just lifts us like hey hurry it up get going yeah <laughs> we i mean we need i mean you guys we need you guys yeah i mean humanity was pretty effed in the b by that point yeah but uh no we're just doomed to our stellaris run well we're gonna have space feudalism and no, whatever surpluses we as a society produce will only be devoid, devoid, uh, devoted to maintaining hierarchies. That's already being established. Yeah, it's impossible. Probably, uh, but but that's the easiest run. You know, that's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's just the mindless. That way is a one origin start. <laughs> uh huh. That's base game. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Nobody plays base game anymore. It's taboo. Dude, we play with mods or nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting for a good Halo mod for that game. There's tons. Yeah, but not for the current version. <laughs> There's a new current no. version every two weeks of Paradox yeah. games. Exactly. Um, yeah, just the, the modders got to keep up. What the crap, modders? Yeah. I, so, here's... Oh, okay. oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to try and cap off the space communism thing. Were you moving on or were mm-hmm. you going to... Nope. I was going to devote the entire episode to it, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Here's here's where I diverge from Jacob a little bit in that... Okay. This, uh, this utopian future, there will still be people working. And, like, beyond uh-huh. just that volunteer, volunteer force. People are going to work because that's like a source of meaning for them the goal of this you know hypothetical society is to ensure nobody has to work necessarily Uh but also provide options of meaningful work should people desire them so like looking after blind people could very much be a meaningful job especially if there are still blind people yeah but we'd have to like as a society just decide to devote the resources to having someone have a job protecting or helping blind people when we can invest way less resources to just having two people that could see and then also uh, devote themselves to the surplus thus freeing up even more resources for more freedom throughout the system right and I don't think you really do uh, deviate all that much because what you described is still a volunteer system yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's not it's not like a hard and fast group of people like you're dedicating yourself to laboring. Like everybody, you know, people are they've got gardens and 
they're running little league games like these people are working it's just not menial anymore mm. i don't know if i'm using that word correctly uh but uh no i do agree that there should be like crisper screenings and people should get to choose like damn straight their kids do or don't have to deal with necessarily oh well but don't i don't know don't about go that it. i feel like uh there should be a, a program can't be done internationally or that's what i would support but at least nationally that uh you know it just promotes excellent human children in every human birth six foot six olympians <laughs> god gods with you know perfect brains as many of those as society can produce you know mm. and then those gears can be even better cogs in this system to produce even more surplus to produce even more freedom you know what i mean like it's not just like an instinct that I want beautiful people everywhere. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> fucking those so shallow. <laughs> they are nothing but my ants, my little worker bees, right? And I need more materials and more energy and more food, so that yes. I can have a more contemplative society that can, you know, have more access to economics and arts and literature and history. And they, and they all need double D's. Yeah, have you ever heard that John Adams quote? He goes, uh, I, uh, he, John Adams was the second president of the United States of America. Uh, yeah, and he had something to say about double D's. Uh, he, no, I'm fucking ignoring you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking respond to your double D con- comment. <laughs> Grow up. Um, he says. Uh, I got to study war and politics so my uh, sons can uh, study trade and uh, economics so their sons can st- uh, study philosophy and the arts, right? And, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a beautiful vision for, you know, his own descendants. But we can dream even bigger than that, right? We can study uh, economics and computer science, basically, for this generation and liberate all generations to come to be free to study basically just the arts and the uh, histories and whatever they want, all the humanities, anything liberate, liberatory individually. Because there will be no mm-hmm. need to contribute unless they feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and in that in that vein, in itself, there are contributions. But I think what you <laughs> mean are contributions to your your Still ever your your ever increasing need of resources. Yeah. The there is a at base an ant hill. You know, the the mm-hmm. machine must run on, right? But you can tweak it and make it run dope and shoot flames out the back of it and shit. Really big <laughs> I got my analogies mixed up there between machine and anthill, and I liked the car analogy halfway through. It uh, it made for a <laughs> for a very beautifully grotesque mental image. Yeah. Of an anthill just spewing out flames, covered in chains and shit. Little ants coming out with biker helmets. Dope. Uh. I told you about the, the aluminum casts. That's kind of already the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, huh? When they d- drop hot metal into these giant oh, anthills. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah. W- what do you think, Julian, is like steps to an uh, a society that somewhat resembles, you know, whatever your interpretation of the words gay space luxury communism is yeah uh hmm that's a good question well full-on global revolution is probably the easiest path but also the least likely like Mm -hmm. easiest in the sense that you could then implement everything you want to implement right away i i don't disagree but so i don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on this question but are you not disheartened by the failures of the communist revolutions of the you know (laughs) <laughs> the two great ones, at least. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if it could have been any other way. What if it? I mean, if it can't be any other way, is it just the is the only path forward to manipulate the liberal demo- democratic system as it exists, or is that just defeatist? oh, like give up on revolution? Yeah. Uh, no, because then we're fucked. You're right. As 
No, 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 no. I don't think. Well, everybody's fucked and not fucked all at the same time. Because no matter what, you're going to die and it's going to be fine. Mm. It's going to be whatever. We're all just here for a laugh. But in the course of having that laugh. It should be a really good laugh. It, honestly. <laughs> Deep and throaty. It's been, it's been pretty fucking funny so far. Yeah, but kind of like a sad funny. Yeah. Like like a like a very like a very hearty pathetic chuckle when I, where yeah. you know that what things are pretty bad. When, remember when Donald Trump was elected? Unfortunately, that was insane. I when I don't laugh yeah. at life, you know I'm not having a really good time with life. At least life's having a good time with me. <laughs> it's true enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think um, collapse is going to drive change. And oh. I'm not sure what direction it will be driven. I don't know what's coming. Hard right. But mm-hmm. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. That, I mean, and looking it's... historically, <laughs> yeah, there's a good case for that. I, I, I bet know. it's the next 10, 15 years or so. Like, uh, the uh, as the Ukrainians and the Russians drag this fight on, food production drops worldwide, tens of millions of people starve, and the Americans go supernova into the first american consulate or something they'll call themselves for a bit before they go full empire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah don't you don't you ever wish that you were just so worldly and so so all-knowing like bismarck that you could point to a to a general time and place and event and go yeah this is gonna f all of the world up. i'm doing that today <laughs> later in the episode <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> Holding yourself up to Bismarck is a high standard. Not that, but, not uh, that high a standard. Bismarck uh, was the prime minister of a totalitarian military that was the greatest in Europe. I feel mm-hmm. any man of average intelligence could have done not bad in that fucking oof, situation. Oof. Uh, <laughs> that's my hot take on Bismarck, though. All right, that's a. Uh, it's valid. What did he do besides the like the? the grand alliance sweeps that he did, right? There's no minutia to him. There was no legal changes. There was no, you know, great uh, ponderous tomes that he puts out on the fucking uh, institution of governance. Nah, he's mm-hmm. he's a sub-fucking-rate uh, great man of history, in my opinion. Harsh words. Harsh words. He's, no, tr- All of our... he's no Trotsky. How about that? Eh, uh, um, all of our all of our uh, German listeners, uh, leave a comment for Jacob. Yeah. Uh, einen comment in das uh, comment in section. Einen einen Podbean. Yeah, yeah. Einen Podbean for das uh, Jacob uh, bad taken. <laughs> Danke. You think it's a bad take? Ich, but ich uh, bin ein YouTuber. I know about yeah. I know more about both of those people uh, than either of you, and I I'm sure I could die on that hill easily. I'd die on any sure. hill though, so I guess that's not evidence of anything. Yeah. You die on an ant hill for all for all I know. Yeah. I thought Bismarck was a boat for until a couple of minutes ago. Come on, guy, you did not. <laughs> Don't lie. Surprise! <laughs> it was named after someone. Yeah, I guess. Who would have Who would have thunk? I guess that makes sense. He's the guy who predicted World War One after setting up the like, what would obviously be World War One, mm-hmm. and says, uh, "I, what, uh, whenever the great catastrophe comes, it'll come from some damn thing in the Balkans, right?" You never heard that quote, Julian? Uh, maybe. Some, Sounds familiar. Some damn thing the in the Balkans that. is one of the fam- most famous lines in history. Uh, okay. Because, you know... Up there with uh, did, to be or not to be. He got it right. <laughs> he, like, fucking pistol whips it from, like, 40 years out. But, like, he set up the the situation that would obviously lead to that. So I never got the great, you know... Ooh, good job, Bismarck. <laughs> right? Like, you set yeah. that up. You've, like, alleyed that oop. <laughs> like... So, so what you're telling me, what you're saying is you're going to orchestrate your take later in the episode. Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, all right. That'd be fun. No, no, no details, no spoilers. We've derailed pretty, 
pretty hard from the topic. We did. Uh, you two were talking about the collapse of whatever. Yeah. I just the the hope against a right wing takeover is that collapse comes so quickly and so unpredictably that they can't keep up. You, know. you never know. Yeah. I that is uh, that's like a fifteen percent roll for me. They, <laughs> America rolls like a four or lower. The Maoists take over for some god knows reasons, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, Black Lives Matter takes control yeah, of the Capitol building. The first Black Lives Imperium. Uh, <laughs> and it's all white people in one corporate structure. Uh, yeah, but part of part of why I think that might happen is, uh, like, this is what I consider to be the best scenario in terms of, like, minimum human casualties. Mm-hmm. But I think if we if we just lost, like, a big chunk of Antarctica, like, really quickly in like a span of a couple of weeks and then like a month or two after that every major port is underwater what's what's happening what's what's going on then like mm-hmm. clearly we have to change something needs to yeah. be done the right you know maybe can scramble in that environment possibly but like all of capitalism is grinding to a halt so mm-hmm. maybe not i think barbarism just takes over <laughs> yeah yeah it's really i i can definitely see a scenario where city states start to arise oh yeah and perhaps uh, not quite feudal right maybe like outside the city local absolutely absolutely because here's the like here's the thing right the cities are are the left-leaning centers yeah Yeah. so anywhere that isn't a major urban center yeah you're just you're on your own sorry the local lord will be the law Mm -hmm. for sure yeah, yeah, and and whatever stems from that is really, I think, where things would head in a in a reactionary scenario like that. Like everything just dissolves all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're back to square one. Like, okay, uh, choose your own adventure. What happens? We're back to like the year fifteen hundred. Julian's a big uh-huh. believer in the uh, the universe is a simulation theory, and yes. uh, mm-hmm. the greatest evidence. I would be convinced of that theory. I shit on it every time he brings it up. I think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But whatever, you know, we can disagree on stupid things like that. Uh, but if he, uh, if it turned out that collapse happened, like around the time that I was turning age 40 and there was a, mm-hmm. it just, the world turned to hard mode all of a sudden, I would believe fully that this is a video game at that point. Because like, how else could I, you know, be given like... I don't know what a tutorial for the first bit of my life. And then for the last sprint, I get to play on sandbox mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. Dead. You get to level 40. The, the open world suddenly opens up yeah. and the survival game <laughs> unlocks. You found an AK 47. <laughs> this one's got rad paint on it. That makes it better. <laughs> Sick. This one will be worth 30 lighters. <laughs> Lighters is probably a better fucking uh, thing of value than bottle caps ever could be, right? Or bullets, right? too. Yeah. Even. Yeah. I Like the Metro example, for sure. I can definitely see it. Clean, good ammunition as being a currency. Really? Oh, yeah. I I always thought ammunition is... Uh, it's it's no good for a currency, in my opinion. It. I mean, it isn't, but I can see people... In the metro. Latching onto it. Yeah. I can see Russians doing it for sure. Right? <laughs> I can see I can see any any like rural society being like, Oh my guns. Yeah. I yeah. need the bullets for my gun. Anybody who is like has power and like understands how uh, bookkeeping works would never allow mm-hmm. a currency that is actually power to like mm-hmm. change hands that frequently because all someone would need to do is like accumulate enough dollars right and then they could actually mm-hmm. become king just easily right yep. like, so it's, that's why it's like it's an analogy for capitalism it's, <laughs> it's a bad economic fucking system is all i'm saying it it is i'm agreeing with you yeah it for sure is but on that note yeah so world of simulation um oh fucking yeah full fully fully space age communism Sorry, just I don't really. I want to just no, jump no, in absolutely. Go ahead with a brief yeah. thought. Did you guys catch uh, the latest Nobel Prize in physics? No. They basically did conclusively prove that we are in a simulation. Uh, we just yeah. don't really know oh. what it means yet. 
Okay. I didn't know there was a Nobel Prize for uh, quantum physics, but good on them. No, I think it was regular physics. You mean being I, given I'm... to quantum physicists? Uh-huh. Well, let's revisit uh, yeah. that it topic next episode so I can look into that. Cause, All right. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's a that's a hair you're pulling out of your magic hat there mid episode. Me? Yeah. For, for Jacob's sake, it is because oh. he's got to research and yeah. look it up. All right. That's uh, I was gonna go on a tangent and ask if either of you have ever heard of the uh, the Godhead theory. It's kind of similar. It sounds similar. Uh, sorry, familiar. Go ahead. Then. It does. I'm sure. I'm sure you've you've probably heard it in your uh, philosophical uh, adventures, Jacob. Oh. <laughs> But uh, essentially, it it um, boils down to this idea that each individual. Oh, I've is... heard this. Everyone's responsible for everything on Earth. Yeah. Kind of, but not quite. Everyone, everyone is is one instance of a dream. Oh. And as soon as you become aware of this, as soon as you truly let yourself escape beyond the dream you become aware that like oh i'm the godhead that is asleep everything around me is a manifestation of this dream and apparently by achieving this like enlightenment you become lucid if if you're if you're truly able to you become lucid and and the world just becomes like a like a playground for you and like, okay, hang on. So is everybody on equal footing there, or is everybody a projection of you as a god? The yeah, the the idea is that everything is a manifestation of your own self, and you yourself are the god. Yeah, I've heard. Okay. Who is dreaming? That's what I was trying to describe, and uh, mm. I would have believed it up until I was twenty-two or twenty-three. But now I've been yeah. humbled by life a couple times that I I, I can't <laughs> believe that I'm responsible for all the majesty of creation. But but you're dreaming. That, but you're dreaming. Yeah. Have you ever had some some dope ass dreams? No. Okay. Well, that sucks for you. That's uh, I'm I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, that's a fair point. Actually, I use it to I've suppress dreams. It does that. Actually, my dreams are very. Oh, that's terrible. I have nightmares you're, generally. You're not alone. That's in that. that's a dream. <laughs> uh. So hang on. The Godhead would just be like super solipsism in a nutshell basically well, i'm I the d- only conscious being i'd assume godhead would be a really good blowjob like i was oh uh, for sure i was gonna circle back around to make that joke but whatever oh you would circle back around wouldn't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so, similar similar i don't know it just got me thinking you know the uh the 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 simulation theory is in my mind basically the same thing is what i'm getting at like if you're willing to believe in a simulation theory, it's the same thing. It's the dream, the the unreality, the the nothingness that is life. Yeah. Well, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing anywhere. You look at an atom; it's like ninety nine point nine percent empty. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's there, a lot of nothing. There's fucking nothing anywhere. <laughs> but isn't it beautiful that? Uh, nothing in itself is something. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it is. What we're doing philosophy, Jacob? No, we're not. Yeah, what? Like, we're sh- get get off your high horse. Fall off your horse, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. You, you only come back to the ground to us. You take the Godhead joke. <laughs> you do philosophy like Satori. You know what I mean? Like, what, like the Buddhist Zen monks uh, when they're uh, meditating, they feel like they can only reach enlightenment ever briefly, like a blink of an eye. That's what you do when you do philosophy. Jeez. Uh-huh. You can and... read philosophy or talk about philosophy, but we're never doing philosophy. We're fucking... I don't know. We're not good. We've been doing that philosophy sounds, for 10 That minutes. sounds like two... Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> can we talk That's, about the is, Seymour is this... Hirsch articles now? Or... No. Hirsch, yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, we've got like 15 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. That article should take 15 minutes. Yeah. You want a stinger? Sure. (laughs) 
so I follow a YouTube channel is uh, by a guy named Chris Hedges. I've mentioned him on the okay. uh, show before. He's a uh, Harvard theologian and Marxist. And uh, okay, okay. he directed me to this article by a guy named Seymour Hirsch. And uh, okay. he's an ex-New York Times columnist and only operates on, on Substack now, which is where you can find this article, which is named How American Took Out, sorry, How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Seymour? Seymour Hirsch. <laughs> Oh, sounds like sounds like you're going to be seeing less of him if he's dropped from the New York Times. Yeah, I uh, I actually took the drop from the New York Times and Substack thing kind of seriously at first, uh-huh. but then I found out that this is the guy who uh, exposed the the My Lai My Lai massacre in the Vietnam War oh. a long time ago, and everyone's familiar with that. Even if you go, I don't know what that is. It's from it's mm-hmm. the movie Platoon. That's what that's based on, where they go and they just massacre a whole bunch of people for no fucking reason. That's what that... You you assume I've watched a war movie. How bold of you. Well, even if you haven't seen that, you've seen the uh-huh. 30 seconds of, uh, what's his name, the Green Goblin being shot a thousand times. Uh, and he he's flipping his arms about erratically in the air, and then he flings them up like he's uh, Jesus on the cross. But even if you haven't seen that, you've seen spoofs nope. uh-huh. of it and throughout culture. I, I, like, I can just say you know what I'm talking about because you do. It's so culturally wa- no. uh, wide and uh, ingrained. Well, okay, I'll, I'll take your word I'll on I'll break it. down the but, door uh, here for you, DJ. Okay. Uh, Platoon is the movie where they say, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I don't think they do. That's uh, Apocalypse Now. No. Yeah. <gasps> oh, maybe then. Yeah, that's that's oh, from the Ride yeah. of the Valkyries scene. I can't get a fucking W today. Yeah, it's just not your it's not your day. It's okay, man. We <laughs> as intellectuals can say film is just a medium we don't respect, and that's why we spread dis- uh, disinformation about it. Anyway, but uh, anyways, Jacob, anyways, this article. Yeah, bring me back to Earth. Um, this guy, uh, so in my opinion, is impeachable basically in his fucking. Uh, his shit if he's putting out the my Lai massacre you know during the height of cold war hysteria he could be shot or jailed for that shit right like uh-huh this is this is the hirsch fellow yeah. right uh yeah. okay and he's claiming that an inside source uh, someone with operational knowledge that means a general right like that's mm-hmm. basically the only one people who have something that could be called operational knowledge is claiming that uh he was part of the oversight of a navy uh mission uh, a, a sabotage mission a fucking a covert operation during which uh during december of last year during a naval exercise in the balkans they used navy divers who aren't covert ops so that they don't have to uh, report to the covert operations committee committee in the uh legislature or whatever they call it in the america i can't mm-hmm. I'm, I'm british i i use the british the words. accountability <laughs> thing <or> yeah <laughs> they're, they're called like the council of eight or some nonsense right oh. like that um great name yeah but anyways uh so they use just navy guys to do this covert op so that it would be like really off the books and then, so because they had uh, information already that the Kremlin was going to invade, so then they did that in December. The Kremlin invades in January or February, something like that. And then the pipeline boat blows up in February, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I missed critical information. Uh, during de- uh, December, Joe Biden says during a conference in Germany, I'm pretty sure it was in Germany, he said, uh, if the Kremlin invades the Ukraine, I will blow up this pipeline, right? And the pipeline... No, I don't think he said blow up. Did he? He said it's done or something. Yeah, it's something like that. It's done. It will be destroyed. It was vaguely threatening. It was was a threat. (laughs) He he didn't even say I would do it. You're right. He did hide behind words. He said it will be destroyed. It will happen, right? But then he said we have ways. Like... He's not clever enough to escape uh, culpability, in my opinion, right? He didn't legalize himself out of that. He came last <laughs> in his law class. So did I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
fuck anyways uh so this pipeline this uh i'm i don't even know which one it is Nord Stream one or Nord Stream two it's it doesn't matter the point is it's a russian and german pro uh, project and for them to blow up a german oil pipeline while uh they're freezing now right over there in germany and they got to uh, mm -hmm. pay triple the price for their fucking uh heating and their gas and they got to depend more on american natural gas and competitors in the region like the norwegians from natural gas that's enough for them to be like the fuck are we doing in this alliance anymore right like mm -hmm. what are the Amer what have the americans done for us lately right is the fucking thought pattern that berlin will have and even they might even think uh the americans are looking to you uh to absorb us in such a colonial ma a manner that we'd be better off allying with moscow that's the extent of mm -hmm. the damage of some, this kind of uh thing coming out and you know america denies it from hell to high water they fucking will never admit that uh this happened but like the germans know right like the oh yeah the intelligence community there and the high executive council they know what happened and that i think they knew as soon as it blew up that it was not the russians yeah i, I don't know i'm sure there was a large segment of like influential influential executive people who were like well let's wait and see let's wait and see right and yeah. now there's no ability for them to get uh fucking uh information on it the swedes did a a cleanup task will not release mm -hmm. any information from that because they're scared shitless of the implications and mm -hmm. uh and the germans have no access to it because it's been cleaned up by the swedes now there's there's nothing left to investigate there incredible in huh. my opinion so this is a fracturing so this... moment for nato in, in my opinion this will be a domino in history this will be like well you know when did world war three begin and the uh it's like when did world war two begin they they do this mm -hmm. pedantic teaching style where, <laughs> and the, and they'll give you like 30 dates right and they'll start in 39 right and mm -hmm. and but then they'll go back and back and back and all the way back till 1919 right is basically right. where you can push it to where hostilities were continuing right mm -hmm. and it's like uh you'll be able to do it here you'll be able to uh, say this is this was a prevarication this was no good any anyone who's in the know thinks that's no bueno you know what i mean mm -hmm. and joe biden is just stupid enough and just ballsy enough to have fucking done something that was completely unnecessary to harm someone that isn't a competitor to fracture a uh what's the word a uh a needed ally like the the germans are so integrated into the american world empire they're like the strong right wing of the european alliance the bulwark against the hordes of asia right the mm -hmm. The the here the 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 German army is mechanically proficient. They always shit out the best weapons. They most recently have ship shit out uh, a generation of vehicles that they refer to as like the Wonder Generation because they're so proud of their shit that they've put out. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, <laughs> they they're really proud of their weapons of mass destruction. I love that for them. Yeah, but mm -hmm. they 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 think they can uh, support an economy off of selling weapons because they think their shit is that good, right? That's mm. that's that's a, a thought. Like, uh, if the Russians can't make good tanks, well, we make tanks dope. You know what I mean? What if that what if that thought comes across? The Polish are getting a little handsy uh, on Belarusian territory, and they also mm -hmm. uh, have been demanding reparations recently from the Germans, right? And the Germans, yeah, that was awesome. That's got to be fucking nuts for <laughs> Germans to hear, right? Like, because they have like a very suppressed alt right, right? Like less than one percent, I want to say, of the German population is alt right, but they're German alt right, right? So they're actual Nazis, right? So for the Polish mm. to be like, um, you know, give us money for World War II after they took like a third of Germany in recompense for World War II, that gives like uh, legitimacy to the Nazis in Germany, right? Who And the, yeah. the claims that they have in the Polish lands. That's just nuts to me, right? We are watching the disintegration of, the, of NATO and world peace, like play by play. So, 
you're you're so i'm just trying to wrap this up with the article you mentioned oh, fuck the article <laughs> well the article you mentioned it's, it's right is read. is it's is the it. one doing the implicating here right yeah. that it's essentially whistleblowing that yeah the u.s initiated this strike yeah yeah i think i get i hit all the the major information that he uh he gives out as his evidence for mm-hmm. it but does this hirsch person implicate or are they just like a very objective this is what happened no he's uh i, I watched an interview with him uh before mm-hmm. uh, before i sought the article out and he is contemptuous of interviews and uh people in general he just goes listen I've been doing this for forever. Look at the scandals that I've exposed over the last 50 mm-hmm. years, right? Like, when people come to me because I'm the guy, right? Like, is basically his attitude oh, about it. And, it, like, uh-huh. you look through his record, and he's exposed, like, Reagan and Nixon and all these things because he did the My Lie Massacre. And then after that, mm-hmm. he was a big name that you can find in a Rolodex, right? Like, so it just yeah. built himself. So. He was... <laughs> In my opinion, I, I trust him. Sorry, go ahead. Basically, Julian Assange without trying to automate the whistleblowing process. Exactly. He just got so huge because he was like the first one in it. Only Julian Assange was the first one to do it with like a Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we, we've got a few minutes left here. Uh, the, the, and I guess to, to keep it on topic, the, the situation in Europe. Ooh. Seems grim. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have the one Ukraine tidbit one. to add there. Uh, yeah, apparently Russia was saying that uh, Ukraine might be trying to plant a nuclear provocation so they can blame it on Russia. Ooh. Wouldn't... I mean, if a bomb goes off, we're going to have to do a little, like, compilation YouTube of how we called this. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, you're going to have to do that on your own because I'm going to get naked and I'm going to run through the streets being like, I was right. I was right. <laughs> Both nuts intact yeah. for anyone who's interested. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, the Chinese one would still be tied up. but <laughs> Yeah, but hey, intact, intact. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think, important to mention that it's uh, it's been a year. This, oh, yeah. Uh, this situation has been ongoing for a year. Uh, I recently heard they had a big like day of mourning in Russia to honor the dead. Yeah, it's Happy approaching. A, that's it's approaching a hundred thousand dead. So yeah, um, and they're uh, reinforcing with five hundred thousand additional recruits as we speak, mm-hmm. on top of the three hundred thousand that they just had poured into the offensives of uh, January. And, early february yeah they have extreme success they uh they're like boxing uh is the Uh the way uh the people who uh described the tactic came up with it when lines get really settled in trench warfare the only way to uh do damage is to kind of like shift forces along the line and hit where they're light and then move again because the the defense is so heavily favored that you gotta like only hit where there's like one or three guys right and you can hit them with Mm -hmm. 30 guys and get them and hopefully lose nobody basically is the thought pattern Mm -hmm. and then do it over and over and over again all along the line and so they call it boxing right because you're you're Mm -hmm. weaving and you're hitting them but you're not trying to like take them down like a wrestling match if you uh, extend the analogy to two men fighting a lot of military theory is just an extended analogy of two men fighting um two people fighting sorry no (laughs) um uh, (laughs) wait 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 to end on a good message well i don't want to be sexist but like women can't fight they can't women can't women can fight don't get me wrong women can't play chess women can't can't be a heavyweight champion of the world how about that (laughs) <laughs> Are you calling I'd, all I'd like fat? to see it happen I'm Hang sure on. they could I'd love to see the best boxer uh, the f- that women can produce go up against Mike Tyson uh-huh. right now you know what I mean Mike Tyson at age 60 yeah. while he's doing his uh his speaking tours where he talks about, yeah, you know I hate doing boxing I hate fighting it's not, it's not good <laughs> um, that guy would still I'd love to kill. see it too I'm so oh, I'm not no sexist way. when no I way. say, and also the military. Th- what I really meant originally was that the military uh-huh. theorists were sexist, and they're talking about guys, right? 
Like, yeah, how, how, that, those those pigs. You fucking teeth. You got to take That's fair. any opportunity to make me look just as fascist as possible, which I look extremely fascist over this episode. So all you could have said was, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you're I, right." Sorry. I apologize. Well, I can't. I, I have autism. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Pulling out the A card. <laughs> whatever. I'm covered by my fascism. Uh, fuck. <laughs> and the F card. You heard it all here in one episode. I'm not folks. a fascist. I'm not a fascist. Anyways, uh, summer is coming. Fuck you, Julian. Yeah, it's been a bad episode for me. <laughs> uh, another L.